Welcome to Why the Long Face, two old friends lifting the lid on mental health over a beer with author and psychiatrist Paul Keedwell and business consultant and so-called comedian Ollie Turnbull. So what's the first what's the first subject we're going to tackle tonight? Well, there's a lot in the news and well, I mean, a lot a lot of chatter about us living in a narcissistic time I in, see. in history at the moment. I got it. I think with a with a sort of a, a, an emphasis on our leaders. Well, we uh, don't get political on this podcast. No, we don't. But there is a there we is we get descriptive though. But yeah, that's right. And the president of America is orange. The president is orange. No, but it has been plenty of chatter about you know, Trump being a narcissist, a narcissist for a narcissistic generation. Well, I wonder if um, left wing or right wing, we make no real comment on that. But I do feel that people think, and they've got some justification, is that uh, personality politicians are kind of in it for themselves, a bit of vanity to look good, to have an ex- experiment, as opposed to an old style politician, and this might be looking through rose colored spectacles, where there was an element of um, serving the people about them, the dignity about them, left wing or right wing. They were more statesmanlike, and they did it for the people rather than themselves. But in any case, I think I think we'll probably come back to Trump because I think uh, he's a, I don't know he's a fantastic character study, right? But um, well, I mean, you're leading this, but I, I think that narcissism is fascinating because of its yeah. inherent contradiction. So, can we go back to basics, please? And can mm. we just have something of a professional, i.e., uh, definition of? Uh, narcissism is it all a, is it just all about thinking you're great or having a predisposition to thinking about yourself a lot well i think we should over the course of this ep talk about narcissism in general but also we're leading towards something more uh, relevant i guess to psychiatry which is narcissistic personality disorder and how you spot someone with it uh how you spot a trump in your own uh uh, living room and let's let, just, just go back when you say personality disorder do you mm. mean as opposed to um one of the other major types of malady which is mood disorder or schizoid disorder yeah this is a different class of disorder yeah personality disorder and one of them is narcissistic personality disorder or mpd absolutely uh, absolutely huh. got it it's important i think to say we've all got narcissistic sides to us right oh god yeah oh god yeah I think so about me. I was actually no. I was going to ask you a question <laughs> about the developmental thing. One of the questions I was going to ask, right? Is it like when you're when when you're trying to deal with a two year old, and the two year old has not yet developed this idea of the other person's point of view, the other person's desire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that what you mean when you say it's a developmental stage? Because uh, when it, when a kid suddenly says, "Oh, I think mummy would like this," mm. you realise that they've they've discovered that there are other people thinking independently yeah. from them yeah uh, and, and it's almost as if with a narcissistic person that's uh, they haven't actually got that realization or it's underdeveloped in them yeah by the age of three most kids have developed the idea of individuation so there is there is someone uh, separate from them right but it's only it's in a very very rudimentary uh stage mm. essentially so between the ages of three and six Kids are still very much seeking praise for milestones, like their first drawing, their first tying of a shoelace and that kind of thing. Right. Um, and it's all about showing off and seeking approval. Mm. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so this is like a sort of narcissistic stage. But then I think beyond six, you're, you know, children are expected to take into account other people's feelings. And they do do. Yeah, yeah. In the natural course of 
development. Mm. Well, often seven is referred to as the age of reason, isn't it? And it's when children have developed that sense of responsibility and that sense of um, I, I, I can't get everything my own way or I can uh, bargain for, for for things by being good mm. uh, therefore I get rewarded etc mm. yeah okay so and um, then and then adolescence <laughs> is the next uh, the next phase that's when I know you've got feelings mum and dad but I don't care yeah I'm just uh, overtly insensitive you to don't... the fact that you want me back by midnight and there is that sort of, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what it's like. <laughs> so I think, you know, actually, I think you were probably quite considerate adolescent, actually. So you can't say across the board, everyone's... Well, I was a bit every depressed. Ad- <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I was. I was I was a well-behaved teenager, but I was a bit introspective and, and uh, anxious. Ah. Yeah. Oh. I've got over it. Yeah. Mm. Well, have you got over it by just... Um, using narcissistic techniques to uh, <laughs> yeah that, that's right <laughs> hence the podcast well I've got I've got over it by realising that I'm great and the world needs to hear my voice and if I have to spend time with you in order <laughs> for my voice to be heard nothing, that's brilliant nothing narcissistic about that no there's, uh, I, I will reluctantly uh, join you because you're seen as an expert hey but look we, we, we all want uh, we all want a va- validation I think in life yeah, yeah. it's just that some of us uh, crave it more than others uh, to fill a, uh, a fundamental kind of lack of security when does um, something stray from being a narcissistic tendency you into and <laughs> unfair it, into it of course into it being um, I've got a modest mic stand <laughs> I think that one data point, the microphone stand, does not diagnose oh, no, mate. It, it, so when when do you um, fall over an exemplar. into a a, um, a diagnosis of NPD uh, from someone who's just a bit sort of self-absorbed? Is it like uh, we define other uh, maladies um, where it starts to interfere with their daily life or the daily life of those around them? It causes either the, the sufferer. Well, the person with the MBD or others to suffer, I think, is a is a is a classic one. That's it's quite a classic nice. definition. That's quite tight. Yeah, yeah I, I like that. It's not like when you're talking about depression, say, where you say, well, part of the definition of the disorder is it's really restricting your functioning because a lot of people with MBD would overtly function quite well, but you could say that it affects functioning in certain important interpersonal domains. It affects their relationships. Because I was—that's exactly the next question. It wasn't about relationships, but it was about suffering. So a lot of people would say, "Oh God, that guy—he's look at him. He loves himself. He's such a narcissist." Um, but do patient, and, and you might question, and I'm, I'm sure the answer is yes, they do. But you might question whether NPD patients really suffer, uh, even though to the outside world they present a, a, a grandiose and hyper-confident shop window, if you like. Well, uh, there are two different types of uh, narcissistic personality disorder, and they fall under thick-skinned narcissist and thin-skinned narcissist. I read that. And, That's uh, fascinating. The thin-skinned narcissist uh, suffers way more. So I, I guess the thin-skinned type, I remember reading thick-skinned and thin-skinned. I thought that was fascinating. The th- almost um, binary. You know, it seems like there's not much of a spectrum. In that, mm. I guess you can prick the bubble of a thin-skinned narcissist yeah. by proving that they are not the best. And most of the article I wrote about managing narcissism seemed to be referring to the thin-skinned type. Right, it did. Yeah, because I think if if you think about the the causation of this of this disorder, it all comes down to a fundamental self-loathing, if you like, 
But the thick-skinned is, is within a kind of subset of psych- psychopathy. So these people are <laughs> impenetrable in a way. Right. So, so they have other characteristics that make them less able to suffer mm. or in this, and by, by the same token, less able to appreciate the suffering of others. So they, they sort of start to get towards the psychopath, sociopath yeah. territory. And I think, I think w- what is more interesting and more Trump-like is the thin-skinned. He does more, wobble a lot, doesn't he, and when, when poked? Oh, he's very... Because one of the... Because thin-skinned are, of course, characteristically sensitive to criticism mm. for understandable reasons. So, um, should we define? I mean, we all kind of have a feeling of what. If you've got a definition there and at your fingertips. Well, people always expect a DSM five definition. There. We love our DSM five. <laughs> For new listeners, <laughs> I love a DSM five because it's a nice categorization. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, a system. Scheme system even. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we we all get to, in the UK. We get taught the ICD ten, but the DSM five has a massive overlap with it. Hey, um, yeah. Why are you doing the American one? I mean, um, we are all children of the world. What's wrong with our good old British be, be, just because it was it, Just because um, we're a global podcast. Nice. Nice and, comeback. Um, maybe I prefer their uh, classification for, of, of personality disorder. Do you? Do Yeah. I think, wow. I think they're generally better at mood disorders as well. In terms of classification? Mm. Wow. Interesting. Mm. But there's a big overlap. Spit it out then. Anyway, ICD-10, bearing in mind ICD-10 will be pretty broadly similar. So... Uh, We've got uh, nine characteristics here, but a lot of them overlap, as you'll see. Number one, grandiosity with expectations of superior treatment by others. Right. Trump. Fixated on fantasies of power, success, intelligence, attractiveness, etc. In relation to themselves or generally? Uh, in relation to themselves. Got it. Um, and and fantasies being key, because often a, a lot of these qualities don't match up to the reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, self-perception of being unique, superior, and associated with high-status people and institutions. Wow, yeah. Um, needing constant admiration from others. Well done. Well read out, by the way. Thanks, man. Okay. You, you thought it was better than, than in the it's, rehearsal? It's better than I could have done it, and better than 99% of the oh, world could have done it. Love it. Okay. How do you feel after that comment? Uh, so much, so much more uh, secure. Keep myself. going. <laughs> uh, sense of entitlement to special treatment and to obedience from others. Uh, okay. Exploitative of others to achieve personal gain. Yeah. Unwilling to empathise with others' feelings, wishes, or needs. Yeah. Intensely jealous of others and the belief that others are equally jealous of them. Uh, and pompous and arrogant demeanour. Now, I have a bit of a problem with point six and seven, exploitative of others and unwilling to emphasise, because I think that's where you start overlapping with psychopathy. But uh, I would definitely say that in in the Keedwell definition, the more valid criteria yeah. are the, are the are sort of ones uh, steps one to five, and the, and probably the most telling this is this need for constant admiration. A quick question: those traits, when you read them through, I thought of white male privilege. Funnily enough. Is it something that affects wow. male? I see that coming. Well, yeah, that's what I thought. I just thought of. I Trump thought this was a non-political uh, podcast. Well, it's not really political. It's more. A, it's more a question. It more raises a question: A, why am I? Have I got a bias? And B, um, does it affect men more than women? A lot of these characteristics are classic uh, negative male stereotypes, and I'm wondering yeah. if that is borne out in the uh, yeah. Data. The stats do bear that out. Do they? Interesting. It's more of a male condition is it really yeah yeah and and 
rather alarmingly high. <laughs> really? Have you got the data? Uh, about around seven to eight percent of men, as opposed to in women, uh, about four to five percent. So double. Wow. Yeah. That is amazing. But it, it's funny, isn't it? But some of those qualities you you uh, we have negative gender associations and positive gender associations. Mm. But some of those, some of the things that you've read out there, you you can picture a, you can picture a, <laughs> frankly, a man possessing and, and and women as well but um it sometimes doesn't surprise me that uh, there are a lot more men than women who um suffer from if that's the right expression yeah uh, mpd yeah yeah I don't appear sexist but uh, maybe well I'm no it's not about that else. it's just about what the stats show and it's just um i mean it may prove over time to be uh, erroneous and it may be um that women will catch up i don't know it depends on the, it, it probably very it's very much depends on the culture and who's um who's in power <laughs> do um, you um is it something that needs to be treated uh and does it and does it another question associated well, with that is does it stand alone do you have someone who comes to see you and they are mpd and you go i diagnose you as MPD, right so the question and, and what's yeah. the treatment no the question is is, is not necessarily uh, do they need to be treated but do they want do they want to be treated most of the time, people with narcissistic personality disorder do not want to admit they've got a problem at all, yeah, that's which is part of their condition. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because that would admit that they've got some um, some weakness. And I, actually, I they think, they're perfect. Yeah. Well, look, I think to understand to properly understand that, you have to understand. I think uh, what brings about um, MPD, right? Is because that you mean then, environmental factors, or do you mean? Yeah, right? yeah, no, it's absolutely down to uh, absolutely. I don't think anyone's arguing that it's in an inherited condition. Maybe elements of psychopathy in thick skin, but I think the core defining feature of really? narcissism has got to be um, has got to have its origins in childhood. That's really interesting that you think it's so dominant. Um, well, go on then. What are the environmental features, old fella? Uh, right. Um, well, and. Like the classic non-attuned parenting style, in which the child's true needs are not met. So, what does non-attuned mean in this context? I, I, just not being a, just not being attuned to your, your child's needs, to right. neglecting them, right, or, right, or right, doing right, right. it, or, or, or caring for them, responding to their needs in an inconsistent way. Ah, yeah. Um, so sometimes tending to them when they're crying, and sometimes not. Or I remember, um, I remember um, sitting on a train once, and there was a, a woman with her child, and she was overpraising the child. Uh, to the point where it was sickly and a bit nauseating. Right. And then the child knocked her juice over. And oh, right. she went ballistic with this child. <laughs> and I remember thinking, uh, it, it's consistency that's more important than, than, than right. praising and scolding. Right. Uh, and I was actually quite shocked, uh, almost upset for the uh, child. How she just did this swiveled on us. That's right, on a sixpence. And the child took it in her stride. This little girl mm. um, who was doing a really nice drawing, actually, mm. and, but had knocked her juice over. She took it in a stride as mm. if this was normal behaviour. Mm. And one part of me went, oh, well, she's learned to adapt. And another part of me thought, what damage is actually being done to that kid? Because she's not old. She was five, six. Yeah. Uh, seemed particularly intelligent. And uh, is, well, it, is it that kind of thing, what you mean by... Well, uh, any sort of environment which would cultivate low self-esteem, um, feelings of shame uh, and inadequacy. Oh, oh, you feel sorry for this, the child of the narcissistic person, actually. Mm. You know, it's horrible. Yeah, and then if you couple that with excessively high expectations for your child, you've got the perfect oh, kind of combination, yeah. perfect recipe. Yeah. And is interestingly enough, possibly excessive admiring praise or pampering combined with this sort mm. of uh, other things is also not good. Is it? It is not more prevalent in only children, is it? Sorry, I've thrown this one at you as if you've done that kind of research, but you <coughs> wonder if because uh, an only child will tend to 
have uh, more of a focus and attention from the parents, whether um, that breeds an environmental condition where narcissism can grow and flourish. Well, I mean, you can argue it both ways. If it's an only child, they're going to get more of your mm. and more of your consistent attention. Mm. Not going to be distracted by parenting other children. Mm. You, but you can also argue the way you, you've argued it there. A, it's mostly uh, based on environmental factors, and that the key environmental factor is, is parenting uh, children at a young age. It's, I, I find that actually quite surprising. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have thought there were a lot more other factors which might influence it. And it, it makes me even more um, <laughs> reflective as a parent. But that is the lot of the parent that always think you perhaps didn't do things yeah, yeah. right. By the way, my kids have turned out great. Most kids turn out great, uh, actually. You just need to be good enough. But um, <laughs> you need to um, just be caring and loving, really. And then uh, I think there is zero chance of, of your child developing uh, NPD. So that is a very good message, actually, Doctor. Uh, not not just from a psychiatrist, from a from a uh, may I say a wise person. And I think you're right. I think we fret too much as parents, particularly if we're we're in the Western world. We've got a bit of time to worry about these things and be a bit a bit self-absorbed about these things. Where actually, the the simple things are the important things. Make sure a, a child feels cared for and loved, and be consistent in your in your well, uh, rewarding and your discipline if you need to. In the Western world, we've got more, we may have more t- le- uh, leisure time as adults to 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 contemplate these things, but we also have uh, potentially more um, individualistic societies, and so uh, I think there, there might be a tendency to for us to breed more narcissistic kids. Which is exactly uh, my next question. I have no idea about transcultural comparisons, to be honest, but my hunch is I, I that agree we're breeding you. more narcissists in this country than perhaps they're breeding in the, in the Rift Valley. Right. I would <laughs> always I, use always use that example. The old Rift Valley, or, yeah. or indeed uh, developing nations, or indeed less wealthy nations, because uh, they have more uh, pressing needs, such as the next meal, to worry about, as opposed to where I fit in the world to worry about, maybe. And also, maybe they have a less of a materialistic um, outlook, so family is more important than anything else. I mean, that was the impression I got uh, when I visited Naples recently. The other question I had, yes, 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 yes. So, and I think I know the answer to this, but the grandiosity that you spoke about it sounded a little bit like the grandiosity that you you, you imagine in in, in deeply uh, psychotic patients. In other words, I'm I'm reincarnation of Jesus, or I am I am the prophet, mm. or I am Buddha, or I am Napoleon. Was the mm. classic <laughs> sort mm. of seventy sitcom thing? Is that at the other end of narcissism, or is that just part of a schizoid complaint, which is which is completely separate? Yeah, no, that's that wouldn't fit with no. We would never call that. Um, we call that grandiose delusion or um, a, a a sort of belief system that's been um, that is an extension of their mood state. Right. I mean, in the same way that you might have uh, such feelings if you took um, a mood elevating uh, drug. Right. Ex- yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Cocaine probably is the most narcissistic drug you can have. Yeah, grandiose, and everyone listen to me. But it's also isn't everything great. Isn't everything great? Isn't everything brilliant? Which is sort of almost like the other end of bipolar. I feel. I don't. Point. I don't mind people who are thinking everything's brilliant. That's fine. If, they, mean, go, if they bang I mean, on about it, though, people are on ecstasy. It's a very different kind of mood elevation that that seems to be more about reaching out to other people mm. and embracing other people. That um, equally tedious. Whereas coke. Well, you might think that depends if you like them or not. No, you don't like ecstasy. Um, ecstasy's got no market in Yorkshire. <clears throat> Get your bloody hands off me. <laughs> No, I don't feel it. Very affectionate people in Yorkshire. I don't bloody feel it. Just no, I don't. Just because your dad wasn't a very affectionate... 
Oh, uh, my poor dad. No, he's lovely, your dad. He was um, no, but uh, very affectionate people in Yorkshire. But yeah, you're right. They're, they can be a bit brusque. <laughs> A bit brusque. I don't feel it, no. I don't, they don't, I don't they care don't, if there's a banging tune coming they don't, um, up. They don't appreciate it if you come on all strong when you I don't bloody know you. <laughs> I don't bloody know who you are. Or who are you? No. Who are you? Who are you? Just but once you, you're in, you're in. Oh, aye. For life. Yeah. yeah. I don't care if you've got a fluorescent tube on you. I don't know you. Anyway, um, I've got, another, I got another, another question, right? Yeah. Um, is... Uh, two questions, sort of, but related. Mm. Uh, narcissistic personality disorder, mm. the sufferer, if we can call them that, will probably not feel that there's necessarily a problem. But is it normally... Come... No, because they're, they're superior to everybody else. Exactly. Why, why would they by, have a problem? By the very nature by of the... Why would they have a problem? Yeah. But does it sometimes come with other uh, uh, psychiatric problems or emotional problems that um, do need attention and do cause suffering is it yeah with so it so so the, the the thin the thin skin narcissist who we're focusing on they they um want, when their skin is pricked mm. um uh, by any kind of um uh, i suppose puncturing of their oh, ideal oh, self oh, right they can crumble you can't crumble where we gone sigmund yeah, a little bit of sigmund a little why bit not of, um is is going to lead to what what we call a narcissistic injury. I right? read that, and I was going to question you on that. Uh, so, a narcissistic injury uh, is is any sort of uh, um, uh, life event which can lead to a, a certain degree of humiliation mm. in the narcissist. So, not getting that job off that job promotion, or mm. even losing your job, mm. which actually is quite a common occurrence for for someone with MPD. Right. Usually, they they they're resigning in anger because, of course. The, the consequence of uh, having a distorted view of your self-importance is that most people don't attune to that. <laughs> oh, no. And, and, you're going to, and it's going to lead to intense anger. Mm. Um, how, how dare you not recognize my abilities? Mm. Um, I'm leaving. Mm. Um, the same I've heard people say, sorry to interrupt, but I've heard people say uh, when they, uh, people who tend to uh, leave jobs often, should we put it, they didn't get me. They didn't get me. They didn't, they didn't understand what I brought. It was all their fault. Correct. That's what I've heard. Because that's 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 the that's their model of the universe. Yeah. Um, so that or a lot, of course, relationships. Um, relationship uh, histories is often terrible, unless, of course, the narcissist found someone who is a perfect match for them, who is the dependent personality, the person oh. who is um, uh, exists to admire others. Uh, in the well, in, in yeah, to, to 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 put their needs before theirs. So if you have one of those types. M marrying a uh, narcissistic type you could say what's wrong with that it's a marriage made i'm not heaven. saying there's anything wrong mm. with it um no no but is it yeah. as, as long as no one's get no one's uh, getting harmed mm. but I, i'd be probably in that scenario the dependent uh, person in that relationship is not going to be particularly happy um eventually and will leave it, but, it, but 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 it's not going to work with another narcissistic no individual no, and no, it's not going to work that. with with someone without a personality disorder, which is most of us, I right. would hope. So they're usually going to go at some point, well, you know, sod off, I'm, I'm out of here. And that is going to lead to narcissistic injury. Or in a thick-skinned person. I, I can think of a very, very good example, actually, of someone uh, in, our, in our friendship ne uh, network where a marriage, uh, where the um, someone had an affair and this led to massive narcissistic injury in the, in the husband who could never have conceived that anyone would do that to him. Mm. 
So, so the only time you're likely to see a narcissistic personality disorder coming into your clinic is when they've had a narcissistic injury. And that's going to lead to, sometimes, suicidal thoughts, suicidal behaviour. Wow, as bad as that? Yeah, it's yeah, an extreme reaction or, or excessive drug or alcohol. Uh, use so then is, coping right is then uh sorry to interrupt again but is that when npd becomes a useful tool for understanding how they've got to this position as it were as opposed to diagnosing them and treating the npd well i was going to say the other the other well it can be difficult at first because i was going to say the other uh, reason they might come to to just maybe not a psychiatrist but a therapist is, is to complain about uh, their partner right. <laughs> and how difficult their partner is right oh okay and that, so it'll be all about how, why is it that I always get partners who never appreciate me or understand me? Ah, so. Um, but, why, why are they, but why are they coming then? They're not able to understand the contribution they're making to the difficulties in the relationship. But what's made them go to a therapist then? Because they perceive there's a difficulty in the relationship, it's causing them anguish. Right, okay. And um, they want um, uh, to talk to someone about it. They may even drag the, 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 the other person the other half into mm. therapy so this kind of goes back to my question about do npd patients really suffer and we said yes obviously no, the thick skin was but even the thick skin because you know what we're big well, on here the thick, is the thick, um, the thick skinned are gonna are gonna suffer as well possibly yeah but probably not in such a conscious way that's the mm. point so it's a different there's a different they don't have access as much to to the underlying low self-esteem mm. that the thick, thin, the thin skin do. But they could. There's a potential for them to have a happier life. I mean, because that's what we talk a lot about on, on this podcast. It's all about easing of suffering, trying to understand why why um, mental health issues can uh, can affect people. And even right. the, the grandiose, narcissistic, thick-skinned patient must be a pain in the arse sometimes. Well, they, and they, we've still got to be sympathetic to the fact that they yeah. might be suffering as well or, or, or being denied, a, but they're, being denied they're mu- by the condition of a happier life. Yeah, but they're much li- less likely to suffer the narcissistic injury. So they're much less likely to end up in um, healthcare um, settings. Got it. And much more likely to end up in forensic settings and in prison. Ah. So it's much harder to reach as well. Got it. That makes sense. And again, suffering, but uh, um, hard to treat. So Well, okay. you can imagine that if you didn't have any, if you if you also had psychopathic traits, you're not going to be, uh, you're more likely to, 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 to take your anger to other extremes understood as opposed to maybe a non-psychopathic who might think i'm really unhappy it's definitely not my fault but i want someone to help me. yeah but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna you know uh, be violent or no indeed i'm not going to destroy the object of my anger no but i'm interested in finding out why uh, i'm angry so that's that might bring a narcissistic person to therapy i suppose as i say it's going to be at times of um failure failure in relationships failure in jobs and those sorts of situations that's when they're going to seek help um but they may not but they often drop out of um therapy fairly quickly because then the old defense, well they know best well then the old defenses just come back in yeah, yeah. i was yeah. going to say you're, you're so you've got a, you've got a little window of opportunity yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and 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 apparently the the um i mean i'm not a therapist but therapists um uh Opinions differ on whether you should be at that point, that window of opportunity, actually um, even suggest that there might be some narcissism going mm. on because probably the, uh, they're not able to cope with you. Wait for them to get over the, the initial crisis mm. and gather themselves before you start to say, well, perhaps there is a really varied 
but nevertheless powerful critical self voice going on here that's fueling all this. So I had a question. It's making it more front and bright and brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> very good. Um, I, I was wondering whether, as a therapist or a psychiatrist, you think NPD definitely stamp it on his forehead. But would you actually apply that label to a patient, or would they find that? Not initially. No. They find and that it, insulting, wouldn't they? Uh, narcissistic. And very, perfect. very difficult to accept. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It would have to be done over, ideally over a, over a number of sessions. <laughs> over a pint. You can say, I've, I've had a look <laughs> at your records. I've, I've listened to a lot of what you said. I've looked up a few things. It turns out you're a twat. It's a bit like uh, that, isn't it? Well, you know what I mean? Uh, I think in psychiatry in general, it doesn't help to put labels on people, actually. Does Sometimes it, it people though? are grateful for a, a, a diagnosis yeah, to help explain that. their problems. Exactly. But in the case of narcissistic personality disorder and many personality disorders, in fact, it doesn't necessarily help. No, because it's, it's, it's really, it almost could feel like insulting language. If you say, I think you've got generalized anxiety disorder, and that's why. Well, no, how about this? I, I understand you've, you've had a very negative life event, and we need to talk about that. But also, we need to talk about why it is that it hit you so hard yeah, yeah yeah i get that and could it be that there are some that maybe there is a tendency for you to be too hard on yourself but you don't acknowledge that most of the time mm. um that's a very kind way of putting it yeah yeah and that but that gives you some somewhere to go without them sabotaging treatment straight away going i don't need any bloody th- mm. uh, therapy off you i don't have a disorder mm. um well if they're completely grand yes they'll know better than you Despite the fact that you've been a psychiatrist 30 years. Uh, going. Well, funnily enough, um, because they're sense of entitlement, because of the condition, they'll be asking to, they'll be rejecting a lot of doctors and a lot of therapists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not good enough. Mm. I want to see the professor. <laughs> right. Yeah. I want to see the king of psychiatry, please. <laughs> Lord of, can you have and a Lord ina- of psychiatry? I'll see him. Mm. Question. Or inadequate feelings. You may not be inadequate. Mm. Well, uh, no, question, right? So, can narcissism develop um, as a result of massive um, success or massive um, celebrity so two things aren't linked really because I remember Charlie Brooker talking about this and talking about how everybody in showbiz starts off as a nice guy and when they get offered a a cup of tea they go oh thanks very much and then they get offered a cup of tea the next day oh thanks very much and eventually if they're starry enough it's like where's my fucking tea (laughs) on day 20 (laughs) he did this brilliant thing about and 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 you're saying not which is really fascinating because you just thought no i uh, think i think um you might become more narcissistic in your behavior but i think you probably it's not a for it to be a a personality disorder that you've acquired suddenly Mm. i think it, it would need to be as i say need to meet the criteria of being consistent enduring i mean you might well be a pain in the ass on set Mm. Or in your trailer. Mm. Uh, oh, a, right. That's a particular a, setting. At work, a, basically. But, but a very different person with your family or ah, your partner. What a good answer. Because I, I, I think probably that. the indication is is probably how, how good you are at maintaining your relationship. <laughs> right. And that would have been bad before you became famous, probably. Yeah. I, there, there are going to be plenty of um, NPDs in the entertainment industry. Because it's that chicken and egg. So they're probably going to be, they're absolutely going to be attracted to that industry. Mm. What, what, what could be better for getting constant ad, um, validation and admiration That's true. than being a film star? Than podcasting. Yeah, yeah. No, you're um, right. <laughs> podcasting, not so much. The, although if I get a like on Facebook, I'm absolutely over the moon. Having said the day. that, if we get uh, millions of downloads per week, I'm uh, going to become a complete narcissist. We're going to not ever talk to each other, except <laughs> when we've got microphones in front of us. We're going to have people to whisk <laughs> us away. And I, 
I want a screen between me and that fucking idiot. We're, we're going to have the the most expensive podcast producer available in London. Yeah, we're going to have. Yeah, we're, we're going to have. Uh, uh, I'm going to. I'm not going to talk to any of the staff. Can we do my bit and off again? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Martin Scorsese. I want to produce our, our podcast, please. And uh, I don't want to talk to. I don't want to talk to that man. I'll be. I refer to you as that man, uh, like uh, poor old Jeff Lynn from ELO refers to uh, Bev Bevin as that drummer. Or in your Birmingham accent. Yeah. Well, that, uh, sad, isn't it? That drummer. Why is he really? I had a quite a few of us in the band. There were seven of us to begin with. Oh, and that drummer. Yeah. There was uh, two violins, one cello, gonna, that's gonna me, cause a bass player, keyboards, and that drummer. Good job uh, Bev was a nicely balanced individual. He and wasn't narcissistic. Didn't, and didn't suffer a narcissistic injury as a result of that. <laughs> I think a narcissistic sort of slight, <clears throat> slight tweak. But no, Bev's. I think Bev's pretty sound. Have you got any other questions for me, yeah, Oliver? No, we got it. We, well, we'll talk about the mental health of Bev Bevin, of uh, out of ELO and and Bev Bevin's ELO uh, uh, later. But I don't think I do. Um, I, I think it's almost time to. Sorry, I did uh, just. Uh, you just cracked <laughs> open another Stellar Artois. Well, there's big mm. ones as well. Yeah. Oh, we didn't really talk about the Stellar Artois tonight. It's a bit dull, isn't it? But it's well, no, the, it, it wasn't worth mentioning, was it? Really? I don't think it was. No, but um, people worry if we're not um, getting slightly toasted. Um, no, I'm just, it just, it just, um, it's a lubricant. That's all. Uh, yeah. So the uh, what's the best way of treating MPD? Well, I was going to ask that, but it almost sounded like that there was no treatment, but you treated the results of MPD. But from what you're saying. Maybe there is treatment for MPD. I did read somewhere, actually, that drugs, if they're ever on drugs, are somehow less effective than they are with other disorders, which implies that maybe some drugs are tried. Um, it's quite hard to get people with MPD to take medication. Say they do suffer from depression comorbidly. That's a fancy word for you've got two things. No, I love comorbidly. You know that. We discussed uh, this in Series uh, 1. Um, uh, you know, that's quite a shame when um, people do have a genuine depressive illness that you can imagine would be a common corollary of of it, of MPD. Mm. Also alcohol dependence or drug dependence. All of which you may well um, dive in with, with other medications as well. And it's quite hard for... As I said before, um, if you believe that um, you're quite exceptional... How how does that how is that consistent with taking yeah you know to make you better you don't need to be made it better because you are there already but um, transference the, the what I came up with as a, the, a unique sort of approach to MPD amongst the therapist psychotherapy community is transference focused therapy and that all comes out of uh, Freud's come out to Freud again and and again more evidence that some of his stuff was useful. Mm. Um, which is the concept of the ideal self. And you remember I said one of the toxic conditions for developing MPD would be um, huge expectations for success in the parents. Mm. And these parents, if, if that's combined with them being quite neglectful of their emotional needs, mm. what are they going to do? They're going to try and meet those other ideals, as well as having temper tantrums and trying to get attention the other way. They're constantly going to be trying to strive for perfection in academia if, say, they're... Um, expectations are are sort of high achievement in academia mm. it could be other things but it's often academia um and it, those standards are often impossible and that leads inevitably to uh, a lot of harsh unconscious self-criticism why haven't i become yeah. professor in three years and of course in academia it's kind of stark isn't it about how how you achieve 
it's not it's not some subjective it's a bit objective if you well, but even if objectively you become a professor it's not going to stop you being uh, suffering actually because narcissism is like um a, 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 a puncture in a tire that needs to keep being pumped up harsh it's, yeah mm. until you find a way to seal that hole you're going to keep wanting more so you're going to get to professor but then you think, well, what next? Mm. And, and and you probably... Might I'm not the best professor in the world. <laughs> and you might not get the adulation from your parents anyway. Ne- the next is Nobel Prize, I guess. <laughs> oh, no, not stupid physics Nobel Prize. I want peace. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got your physics Nobel Ooh. Prize. Uh, well, everyone, that's too easy. Thanks. <laughs> and yet, you, you, you take home to dad. Dad, I've got it. Well, you wouldn't go dad, dad, because you'd be old by then. But you go, father, that's more no, like but it. I think I've got a physics Nobel Prize. All of go, this illustrates how much we should be showing. Prize, is it? All this show demonstrates how we should be actually feeling compassion for people. I do definitely on, on uh, with no matter how severe it is. But I think we can all relate to a certain degree to this process of um, puffing ourselves up and bragging in front of other people sometimes to make ourselves feel better. Um, what we wouldn't necessarily do, where PD patients do, is actively try and make the other patient person feel small in comparison, because that's actually projecting. That's actually what Freud meant by projection. Let's make the other per- other person feel how actually, in reality, I feel, but I don't acknowledge it. I feel small, but yeah. I'm not acknowledging it. I'm going to make you feel small instead. And that's very important to me. And that's what a narcissist would do. That is what a narcissist would do. Is the Peace Prize the best one? And is there a hierarchy? And do they all get together in the ante room and go, and like the Peace Prize winners, like, they start Nelson Mandela's like lauding it over stupid physics and chemistry. And is there a spelling one? How far do the Nobel Prizes go down? Do they go down to spelling, hopscotch? It's pathetic, this, isn't it? Tennis? It's pathetic. (laughs) There should be one for podcasting. You are just... What kind of narcissist (laughs) worries about which is the best Nobel Prize to get? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, I suppose when you put it that way. Which one do you want? Uh, Me? uh, Just be nice. Being nice. They should have given you one, shouldn't (laughs) they, by now? Yeah. Yeah. so, yeah, uh, transfer is focused. So, but Freud said, going back to Freud, if I may, uh, the ideal self is, is within the superego. Right. You remember, he had the superego, ego. I did, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and um, the ego is kind of where you are. And the ideal, <laughs> ideal ego is where you want to be. Well, hang, on, that, hang on, hang on, hang on. Is this the same thing as the superego? It's a part, it's a little little uh, portioned off bit of the superego. The it's created ego. by your pare- parental uh, expectations and the expectations of your peers right. uh, and all that sort of stuff. And it's got nothing to do with finding genitals on eels. Uh, well, it probably all links in somewhere <laughs> or another. Yeah. So hang on, this bit of the ego is part of the superego. It's really complicated, <coughs> this model. I don't like it. It's just got bits sticking out here and there. It's not, it's it's not, not neat. It's not that complicated. We've got super ego, ego, and id. Oh, and you've got the perfect ego. How many synapses are in the brain? Like billions. Yeah, right. So is it a bit silly to just go, well, it boils down to three blobs? <laughs> I think it's okay, <laughs> to, <laughs> okay to dissect them a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. It's quite hurtful to call me silly, though. That's <laughs> <laughs> all. That was my. I was <laughs> narcissistically nice. injured. And I was lashing out as a result. Um, well, but the, well, I'm the, the victim. So the transfer focus therapy is theory. aimed at the active interpretation of the patient's aggression, right. envy, grandiosity, mm. and defensiveness. So you keep coming, you keep bringing it back to that. Mm. Yeah. So why you you know why is it that you're often quite aggressive towards me? Yeah. Well, you're a, you're a, yeah no. <laughs> you're really really irritating. 
Oh, sorry. You give that as an example. No, I understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, quite. I mean, that was a very irritating thing to say. I was, must admit. No, no, no. I get your example. So but good. It was my little narcissism test. <laughs> Did I pass? No. Oh, sorry. Um, that's good. I. Well, yeah, you passed. You're a narcissist. <laughs> oh, oh, well, we knew that already. Great. Well, I'm well, I'm looking in a mirror, really. So you know, I'm even good at being a narcissist. We're both narcissists, ladies and gentlemen, but we're not MPD. I don't think so. I think we're too kind at the at the end of it, and we we catch ourselves up. We well, I don't think we we yeah, I don't think we're completely self centered. Thank God. No, I think there's something in there. Right? Can I? You, is it time for a summary? Because um, I've learned quite a lot here. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, get us out of this hole. All right, well, let this me... This narcissism wormhole. Let me let me try and summarise, and then you, you jump in when I've got things wrong. So, uh, narcissism is an, an, inflated, an inflated sense of self and one's own self-importance. And it manifests itself clinically as something called NPD, which is Narcissist Personality Disorder, mm. which is a personality disorder as opposed to mm. a... Um, Mm. Uh, a mood disorder or a schizoid disorder mm. uh, not necessarily treatable as such but can be comorbid uh, mm. with things like depression particularly in the thin-skinned mm. type mm. of uh, NPD sufferer who is likely to suffer from narcissistic injuries which yeah. when their universe of their belief system which shows them at the at the top of the human race is pricked in some way mm. they come across someone who's manifestly better at mm. boxing mm. or manifestly better at chess or arguing or whatever and that mm. can lead to one of the more familiar um, disorders such as depression which of course can then be treated it can be difficult to treat because they disappear yep. off treatment very easily because they don't need it because they're brilliant and they're better than you even yeah. you uh, yeah. as the doctor yeah um but i think well because there's always a better doctor than you go to. <laughs> yeah exactly which they deserve of course mm. what i was mind. obviously there isn't because <laughs> i am the best doctor <laughs> no? are, oh why, no that's giving away my own narcissism <laughs> Which is called right, goes. I chose you as the best interview <laughs> to be my partner. One thing I found was really interesting was that the absolute importance of the early development of the child in terms of them being susceptible uh, in later life. Absolutely. Uh, and that made me, you know, recap on my parenting and my childhood and think I'm okay, actually, on both, <laughs> both uh, shots. Certainly on my childhood, my parents were very even-handed and loving. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think that's pretty much all I learned. I love that. Towards males. Beautiful, beautiful summary, Oliver. Oh, thank you. I don't think I get much wrong because you didn't dive in. I really, really need to strike your ego on that one because that was perfect. Well, of course it was. Um, all I'd add to that, I think, is that... I suppose a hopeful note at the end here, which is that, oh, that's nice. that people can move past this sort of trap of uh, of the narcissistic uh, functioning, which is constantly trying to defend against their their, their self criticism right. by engaging in therapy, and that therapy can uh, and often does achieve great results in in reducing the amount of self criticism and therefore the need for constant validation. Uh, leading to more balanced relationships going forward and happier friendships and uh, um, intimate relationships and everything. I like that. We should always try and end on a note of optimism like that. Mm. Nicely put, without sounding like a kiss-ass. So thanks for listening to this app, everyone. We would love it if you could get onto the podcast uh, app, whichever you, your podcast app is of choice, and give us a, a, a rating. iTunes, Spotify, or the website. Only a five-star rating, obviously, because we're narcissists. Uh, that's right. I mean, if you haven't got anything nice to say, <laughs> ytlf.com, do give us feedback. As ever, there is loads more to say on any of the subjects that we that we select for an episode, right? But we, it's a starting point, 
uh, for thinking about it. And we hope uh, we have made you think about narcissism and and actually think about it in a, in a kind of compassionate way. Definitely. All right. So see you next time. Nice one. Bye.